show. This is sponsored by Camp Hill Family Chiropractic. And the aim of this show is to give this community information so you can make smart, safe, and sane healthcare decisions. So as they say, relax and enjoy the show. Well, welcome everybody. This is Dr. Jeff And uh, this is a special edition of the Wellness 717 podcast. And today's episode is about me, right? Not to be selfish or anything, but I thought it'd be a good idea for our listeners to get to know me maybe a little deeper, even if you're a patient of mine or you've met me on the street or been associated with me with some activity in the past. I'll try to be as truthful as I can. And what I'd like to do is just tell my story, right? Where have I been? Where did I come from? And where I am now and where I'm headed for. So the best thing is, I guess we'll just start with the beginning. So, of course, I was born, but I am from a small town called Titusville, Pennsylvania in northwest Pennsylvania more towards Erie. You may have heard of Meadville or Oil City and Franklin. I'm from that area. And I grew up in this uh, small town, maybe back then about 6,000 people in the town. And it was a steel um, mill town and had some other businesses as well. And I just had a great, great um, childhood there as far as uh, just a nice, safe town to grow up in. So As far as my story, I think it's good that I relate it to um, wellness in some way. As most children are, I was pretty active and we were outside a lot, right? Um, We would go out and play and played, especially in the summertime till it's dark at night or in the weekends until you heard some neighborhood mom or, or someone riding past on their bike saying, hey, Jeff, you're... Your mom's calling for you. It's dinner time, right? I'm sure some of you have experienced that. And I'm pretty sure my parents didn't know where I was all the time. Although uh, in town, you could go from one end town to the other. um, And there was a park in every uh, quarter of the town where there's just activities to do and meet up with people. And it's funny in this day and age, especially with... uh, with um, myself and my wife having children, it's something that that uh, we we second guess. Should we really be letting our kids just roam wherever they want to be? And it's certainly a different time. But growing up, I was pretty active. Uh, I did sports activities, played you know little league baseball, and uh, uh, I, I was into swimming. We had a local swimming pool that uh, we loved going to. But what really affected my wellness mindset was going to the YMCA. In Titusville, as in most towns, um, the old YMCAs were pretty big buildings. Some of them, at least in Titusville, had, I don't know, maybe four stories and they had apartments upstairs where people would actually live back in the day. And um, 
and then they would have a big uh, room upstairs where they would have uh, like a conference room where you can have activities and things like that. But the YMCA had pretty much activities all day long, especially on a Saturday for kids like me. And you were divided into age groups. And, and if you were, excuse me, and if any of you uh, went to the YMCA, you may have heard of cadets, preps, juniors, and seniors. And basically they were different age groups. So pretty much every Saturday we would go and I would go to say I'm a prep and I would um, take part in the prep gym class, if you will. So uh, there was activities for us to do. Whoever the uh, uh, director was at that time for activities, they would give us. Uh, we might play dodgeball. We might play basketball. Um, we might wrestle. We might do all sorts of things. So the point is, I got um, a good feeling of doing a lot of different athletic um, activities and sports. Uh, at the YMCA, you pretty much did everything. I was involved in the gymnastics team. Um, I was involved in the wrestling team and and certainly the swim team, which is pretty much where I found my love. And at this YMCA, it was an old school pool, only four lanes, um, <laughs> just pretty amazing. Uh, the starting blocks weren't individual blocks. They were a block of cement with tile over them and and um, there was a balcony that went around the swimming pool that was only maybe, I don't know, four or five feet wide. And when we'd have a swim meet, especially if you were doing backstroke, you would swim down the pool. And all the um, people that were watching, uh, like the parents and friends, they would lean over the balcony and you could see them wave to you and clap for you. It was pretty a surreal moment. And this pool is only 20 yards long, which most pools are at 25 yards at least. And um, from that swimming pool, um, being on the YMCA swim team, our high school swim team swam there as well. It wasn't the fastest pool, but we really developed a lot of great, great swimmers, even had a state champion swimming there. Uh, some amazing divers, which is kind of crazy because the the diving board itself was just basically uh, an improved plank, if you will. The water, I think, was only eight, nine feet deep, which in this day and age would be illegal to even dive in. And the ceiling, if you were a diver and you could uh, bounce off the diving board and do uh, a reverse somersault, you could, you could, if you wanted to, push off the ceiling if you wanted to, or hit the ceiling. You had to be careful of it. And go right into the water. So it's pretty dangerous. Um, I am totally surprised that we didn't have a ton of people that got injured at this pool um, or paralyzed or whatever it may be. But that's that was the time and that was the, uh, that was the moment. So at an early age, um, trying to decide what I wanted to do, as most kids, um, you know, you, you get... Um, introduced to different things. Well, when you're in school, and I love going to school, I wasn't one that skipped. I was involved in so many activities, but not just athletics, did the swimming, I did a little bit of track and field, a little bit of volleyball, but I was also involved in music, which was important to me, and did all the music stuff, jazz band, and, and marching band, and concert band, and um, just had a great time, but also was involved in art and graphic arts, and I really took advantage of all the opportunities that I had in school. 
So when it was time to try to think about what I want to do in my life, well, teaching was a natural thing because I love going to school and it was a natural experience for me as, as, as most teachers uh, develop. And so I would go to the guidance um, counselor office and trying to find out what I want to do. And you could take all these tests to see what you want to do, what you want to be. No computers back then. And there was a magazine, a Sports Illustrated magazine. And in this magazine on the front cover was a picture of this uh, water polo player named Terry Schrader. And he was a water polo player from California. And he was known as the best water polo player basically in the world. And his physique was so incredible that they used his, his physique, his liking at the L.A. Coliseum for the Olympics. And uh, they used another, I'm not sure uh, who the woman's name was, they used a, a female bust as well, no pun intended there, but uh, female liking. Um, and, and so if you go to the L.A. Coliseum in Los Angeles, it's still there. But anyways, uh, in this magazine, you opened it up and it told his story about water polo, but then inside was a picture of... of um, his office and his home by the beach because he lived in California and there was all these bones that were out in the yard and so forth. I'm not sure if it was his office or, or at home, but the article was about him being a chiropractor. It's the first time I ever heard about it. So I like swimming. I played water polo in college. We'll get to that in a little bit. And um, it just really, I, I, didn't, I didn't forget that article. It sort of had a place in my memory. And so I held on to that for some time. So I decided to go to college to be a teacher and particularly a phys ed and health teacher, not a gym teacher. That's a, that's a pet peeve of mine. But, um, but I also wanted to be an aquatic director, someone who had a pool that would, um, because th- that was my skill set when it came to fitness and and just the activities that I love to do. I love to be in the water. I love teaching swimming lessons and was pretty good at it at an early age. And so I went to Slippery Rock State College. And at Slippery Rock, uh, I was a phys ed major, teaching background, did a minor in business so I could work at health clubs and things like that. And while at Slippery Rock, I was kind of burned out from swimming my first two years. So I did not swim my first two years in college. I Met up some other swimmers, and it was water polo season before, in the fall, before swim season. So I picked up water polo, and at Slippery Rock, they were Division One in water polo, swimming Division Two NCAA. And I wasn't the best person on the team, but it was just, I was still in the water, and it was something new, and I took a liking to it. So I played water polo my first two years at Slippery Rock. And then finally, in my junior and senior year, I went to the swim coach, and I missed Swimming, I guess, you know, you never know if you miss something until you're away from it. And went back to swimming, and I swam my junior and senior year, as well as played water polo, too. So, I graduated from Slippery Rock, and right away I got a job to be a um, aquatic director at, an, at the Oil City YMCA first job it was perfect it's like wow I get to run the aquatic programs to run everything from six in the morning to nine o'clock at night and for some of you that aren't used to the water maybe that's not your thing this was my dream job and at the same time 
I was asked by my old high school swim coach, he was now coaching a competitor, Oil City High School, if I would be the assistant um, swim coach. And I certainly said yes. So the funny thing was, is I was coaching um, swimming and my younger brother was still swimming on our home team, Titusville, if you will. So I was coaching Oil City, the opposition, if you will, growing up. And I was coaching against him uh, during his senior year. And uh, we just happened to win the championship. So at least I have a leg up on him on that one. But regardless, I got my good experience with that. And then out of the blue, I get a call from a person from South Middleton School District. And that's Bowling Springs High School in Central Pennsylvania. If I was interested in interviewing for an aquatic director position at a high school in the swim coach position. And I didn't even apply for this position. So someone heard about me, heard about my skill set, I guess, as far as teaching lessons. And I said, sure. And because now I was going to be in a school district rather than a YMCA. And keep in mind, I was only at the Y for eight months, if, if that. So I go down for the interview. Uh, I got the job. They hired me in November, which is kind of late, and started my coaching season um, right away. I was uh, the season already began, but I just started coaching. And my goal was to develop a total aquatic um, program. And that pool was open from six in the morning to ten at night. And I, we I taught everything, not just swimming lessons. And then as a teacher, and they let me basically had the keys to the aquatic program, design it however I want. And so it was awesome where um, if you were a student at Bowling Springs High School, you would have swimming in second grade, fourth grade, and sixth through twelfth. And, um, and people are thinking, why do you need swimming lessons that many years? Well, you don't necessarily, but I had a certain program for every grade. One grade would have canoeing, another would have scuba. We did all sorts of things. But what I did to help build my swim team is everyone, pretty much every year, got timed in the length of swimming the pool on their stomach and on their back, however they wanted to do it. And that took, that created an interest in the program. And I had everyone to do, to do a back dive, which is, which is kind of crazy, but I was there to help them. And even though it was a challenging moment for everybody involved, this is what helped build my program. And, and we were pretty successful um, as a swim team at Bowling Springs. We won a bunch of championships over the years. But I knew that I wasn't going to be there for my whole career. So let's go back a step. Let's go back all the way to middle school. When I was in middle school, I met a gentleman, I don't even remember his name, he's in his 20s, and he said to me, Jeff, he says, whatever you do, pick an occupation that it doesn't feel like a J-O-B, meaning you have to do it, that you look forward to going to work. And at that moment, I thought, I don't know where I pulled this out of thin air, I thought, well, I would have three jobs that all overlap with each other. So that's been my mantra. Back in middle school, around 12 years of age, that's what I wanted to do. And at that time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. But as I went through school, I realized that my first occupation was going to be teaching. So now, get you caught back up. Now I'm teaching in Bowling Springs. I'm doing the aquatic director thing. And I didn't know exactly what my second occupation was going to be. But I knew that it needed to overlap. Well, I went home to visit 
my family. And my mom said, hey, why don't you come to me to my chiropractic appointment? So I went to the chiropractic appointment and I listened to this chiropractor who went to uh, a well-known college called Sherman College in South Carolina and very principled, which means he really focused on doing true chiropractic care. And that's another subject for another day. And and I listened to him. I'm thinking, well, this is what I want to do. This is going to be my second occupation because I didn't know it at that time, but doctor meant teacher. So I decided I was going to teach for 10 years. That was the plan. And then go back to school. Well, you know, as you develop in your 20s, you develop relationships. And I had a girlfriend and and I was going to school to get credits to get into to get into chiropractic school. And I ended up really teaching for 13 years because of all the things that I needed to get done. And at the age of 34, I resigned from teaching. I left my girlfriend and I went to Atlanta, Georgia for a little over four years, um, lost my pension, all this craziness. And everybody really thought I, I was nuts. Like, why are you giving all this up? And to be honest with you, I wasn't burned out at all from, from teaching. It's just that this is where I felt that God was sending me to in my path. You know, my girlfriend, who is now my wife, so there is a good ending to the story. It, it was a tough year. She didn't realize why I was going. And it just, it turns out while I was in school, she had a, a challenge with her neck. And I said, well, there's a really good chiropractor in New York, Pennsylvania. And they really taught her about chiropractic and it really helped out our relationship. So I graduated from chiropractic school. I, I, I come back in uh, August. And while I was at school, I actually taught in the undergrad for a couple years as well. So that was a good experience for me. And I came back in August, got married in October. And in about, about five months later, I went to another chiropractor in Camp Hill. And I asked him, hey, if I give you X amount of dollars, can I rent space from you? And he said, sure. So I brought my table. That's all I had. I gave him X amount of dollars each month. And I was not going to fail. I was so excited that I had some space and I started adjusting people. And to make a long story short, I ended up buying the practice that I was giving them uh, a little bit of money each month for uh, in three months. And so um, I hustled. And what I would do is I would go across the street to the mall. This is when you could do that and just sit up a table. And I would just talk to people about chiropractic. And because people are hungry for it. And I would teach them about wellness. And keep in mind what was going on. You know, when I went to chiropractic school in 96 is when I went and graduated in 2000. In 96, what happened in the United States is our government finally let, and you may not know this, finally let the drug companies advertised to the public. Before that time, drug companies can do it. I know what you're thinking is, well, that's all I see now. Well, there was none of that before 96. So I see billboards that would for hospitals, advertising the hospitals. Uh, to be honest, when I was growing up, the only advertisement I saw for a hospital was one of those blue signs. I think it was that had an H on it to let you know that the hospital was just down the road. And so... 
uh, from 96 to 2000, while I was in school, I thought I saw a lot of things change um, in our country and around the world where pharmaceuticals were starting to take over. Uh, people weren't uh, staying healthy. They didn't know how to stay healthy. So it was my goal to help to make a difference in wherever I was going to land. So I landed in Camp Hill. Um, and once again, I ended up buying this practice from another guy. Uh, the practice was called Camp Hill Family Chiropractic. And the gentleman that had the practice, the doctor before, um, crazy enough, uh, never incorporated or anything like that. And so I did not have $5,000. Being honest with you, I had no money. I did not have $5,000 to change the name of the sign. So I just became Campbell Family Chiropractic and I incorporated it. And so that name was mine. And what's funny is back then Google was around in 2000, but, you know, not like it is today. People really weren't searching for chiropractors. But now, since Camp Hill's in the name and chiropractic's in the name, um, it really helps us get noticed in our community when people are searching for a chiropractor or an alternative healthcare provider. So I was in this plaza, if you will, for 13 years, and an opportunity came about to, uh, during when the House of Cards, if you will, fell in 2008, where um, real estate was really um, a better option. And a business associate came up to me and said, hey, Dr. Jeff, there's there's this building. You may be interested in it. And make a long story short, we were able to afford it. And we bought the building that we're in now in Camp Hill. Um, and we gutted it in six weeks. And, and it, w- it was a challenge, but it was a leap of faith. And God had our backs, just like when I went to chiropractic school, everything worked out, but I took a chance and, um, our practice, uh, we have just been blessed over the last, I think eight years. We've been in this building for eight years. So I've been in practice for over 20 some years and just making a difference in this community through the things we do specifically with chiropractic, a little bit of nutrition here and there, but my focus was to offer a place that didn't have a lot of barriers and the barriers in anything and specifically um, healthcare is time. Another barrier would be finances. Another barrier would be what level of care or what quality of care can you give? So those are the things that I focus on and, and we still focus on today. So in my office, it's easy to make an appointment. Uh, Once you get going in my office, uh, we have this thing called flex scheduling where you can just walk in once we do the initial couple appointments. Finance-wise, we have affordable, really affordable healthcare plans, and we don't turn anyone down if they really want the care, right? So that's another barrier that we just knocked over. And as far as quality of care, we go out of our way, do the extra step to do anything we can do to help uh, the people that come in our office and make a difference in their lives, uh, not just through the chiropractic adjustment, but a lot of education. You see where I am right now? I'm on my second career. The first career was teaching. I'm still teaching health right now, which is kind of exciting. And my third occupation, you may be asking, 
Well, sort of working on it now where I want to really teach doctors how to teach because there's a lot of doctors out there that are really good at what they do, but they don't know how to get their message across about getting and staying well. That's where I am right now. That is my life up to this point. Um, and I forgot to mention, probably should have mentioned it right from the beginning, but I am supported by an amazing family, uh, my beautiful wife and supportive wife, Christia. Um, she works in the office and she's basically is the business manager and she does a great job and lets me do what I need to do to support our family and support this community. And I have two amazing, beautiful daughters. Uh, my oldest is Sadie and our youngest is Chloe. And we are just blessed to have these amazing women, young women in our lives. And um, um, it's been a joy and challenge and uh, just a lot of good experiences for me as a person uh, to develop um, my skills and always trying to be not just a better doctor, but to be a better husband, a better father. Um, those of you who are parents can certainly understand where I'm coming from. So once again, I'm Dr. Jeff Ludwig. This is the Wellness 717 Podcast. It's sponsored by Camp Hill Family Chiropractic. Be well and be blessed.